Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27. And uh, starting from verse 1. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I now... I am now an old man and don't know the days of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go out to open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like, and bring it to me to eat, so that I may give you blessings before I die. (laughs) Sorry, EG, EG reunion. Um, Okay, so... What happens is, interestingly, you guys know that uh, Jacob stole, not stole, Jacob received the uh, birthright from uh, Esau. Esau forfeited it, right? Because uh, he was hungry, he, was, you know, he felt like he was famished, about to die. And the scriptures tells us that um, for a you know, pot of stew, that he gave everything up. Okay, so it's interesting here. It's, it's, uh, what's going on? If you're reading the passage, I had these same questions. Why is Isaac now calling Esau and telling Esau to go out and, you know, hunt and make him a meal so that he can give him the blessing? Right? Esau forfeited his blessing. So that, that blessing is now supposed to go to Jacob. So basically, um, Isaac did not acknowledge the arrangement. Isaac wanted the blessing to go to his older son, you know, the more uh, uh, representative. Um, And so verse 4, he says, prepare me this tasty food that I like, that I may give you my blessing before I die. Um, So a couple things going on here. Uh, Isaac is still set. Even the father is still kind of set. Even though we have encounters with God, even though we get saved, um, Here's, here's the truth. Like, it's so hard to remove, like, like, thinking and thought processes of the world. You know, you look at the New Testament, you look at the disciples having, I mean, you would think this question, you know, someone has asked, you know, I, I would think so, is like, how good of a discipler is Jesus? Jesus is God. He's like Savior, the universe creator. But if you consider the fact that he taught he walked, he loved, he served, and yet Judas betrayed him. Peter denied him. They all scattered. And, and up until his dying breath, they didn't, they, it didn't click. It didn't, they didn't get it. Like, they were still expecting Jesus to establish a, like a, a physical royal kingdom. right? And so Peter and all them, they're like expecting him to be a physical king and then appoint Peter as a you know, Secretary of State, the Secretary of Defense, Secretary of Treasury, you know what I mean? They, you have to understand from the disciples' mindset, this is like the winning candidate, right? And they're like future leaders of the future, you know, government. That, that's, their, that's their mindset. And so, you know, old habits, right, it, die hard. And, and Isaac, even though he had these encounters with God, he still has worldly values. 
I think for the disciples, the way I look at it is, it's like a, I don't know if this is a good example, but like a Tetris game. Have you guys ever played Tetris? Or like, a, it's like a, a connect the dots. It's just like a chain reaction. It's like Jesus is setting up all the principles. He's setting up all the kingdom values, right? He's putting everything in place. They don't get it. Like it doesn't register. But the moment he dies and resurrects, that is like the spark that lights the fire, that chain reacts, that you know, whole chain block Tetris, you know, like it's in that moment where it all makes sense. So it's not to say that what Jesus did and taught and things, none of it, you know, wasn't value. You know, he was an incredible teacher, obviously incredible disciple, but they just didn't get it. There was just the information was all here, but it wasn't. It never bridged that gap here until he died. Then he died, and then like like. The connection made sense. So, like, you know, maybe you came to church, or you know, people who've come to church for a long time, and it doesn't seem like there to be any sort of breakthrough, or doesn't seem to be any sort of growth, and they're just receiving, 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 and then one day, be it a sermon or a guest preacher or or revival night or a retreat, it just kind of unlocks, and then and then it hits all the areas of their life. But but it's a continuing process for all of us. Um, even as I mature as a pastor and as a leader, and I look at certain like practices and you know like value systems, even in the church, there's a lot of stuff to be to be questioned. There's a lot of stuff to to kind of work through. Um, and at the end of the day, I'll, I'll give it to you guys in a overly simplified, overly simplified. Whether it's church, whether it's marriage, whether it's work, whether it's children, whether it's finances. At the end of the day, it all just kind of boils down to uh, the inherent value of people. God values people. See, we, we, we come from a society and we're raised up. There are tiers, socioeconomically, culturally, right? And based on that, based on that, if you're honest with yourselves, we treat people how we value them, right? It's not, oh, I should treat someone this way or I should... It's just, there's like this behavioral thing, like whether it's an Asian society or a Western society or whether it's a service industry, whether it's your driver, you know, taxi, whether it's your helper, like you treat people and you speak to them purely based and you don't even know it. But someone who's close to you would know, like if I were to follow you guys around all day, you know, and, and, and there's a sense of self-awareness, like you might speak to me differently than you might speak to your siblings or that you might speak to your boss at work or a colleague or a helper or, or, or a restaurant server. I can say this with um, not, not in pride but as a model. I'm very nice. I'm very nice to our helper. I'm very nice to waiters and waitresses. I'm very nice to drivers except maybe one time. One time and Janice was there. I lost my glasses. I had a bad day. I, I lost it. But 99.9%, like, you just treat, it, it, like, intrinsic, like, in, inherent value. They're, they're, they're precious in God's sight. You know, a, a, a domestic worker, a migrant worker, like, I, I, I'm fairly consistent with respect and, you know, loving, if, if that makes sense. Our, our, we'll get into another day. I think I have to. I think I have to. I, I know I'm touching a Pandora's box, but I want to teach on... Uh, 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 you know, basic rights for like our, our domestic helpers, 
you know, days off, you know, decent working hours, you know, things like that. I don't know what I'm saying at you, but I think you're the only one that has one, you and I. <laughs> anyways, anyways, crazy tangent here. <laughs> so Isaac is still set. There's still something in him that, that says, you know, to my older son, never mind that they made an oath. You know what I mean? Like Esau and Jacob made a deal. They, they exchanged words. It, it, it was a done deal. Um, but, you know, he, he overrid that. Um, it goes on in uh, verses 33. So what happens is then, uh, this, you know, talk about a dysfunctional family. <laughs> if you ever thought God only uses perfect people, that's not true. Um, these families are dysfunctional. You know, Joseph and, and his 11 brothers, right? Dysfunctional. Um, and so... Uh, Rebecca, uh, Esau, and Jacob's mom basically tells Jacob to cover himself up. Uh, his dad's eyes were not very, very good, and and pose as Esau, and then he actually he actually ends up getting the blessing. So then Esau comes back from hunting and um, realizes that the father had given away the blessing. The blessing is both spiritual and material, right? So God's favor, first and foremost, is spiritual and eternal, right? But it's also material. And so um, you don't want God's blessing material without the spiritual. Because if you get the blessings material and you don't have the spiritual fortitude and the mental and emotional which comes with it, you'll crumble, Right? I know, I know you all know people, you know, well-to-do, who mentally are broken, who relationally are broken. All the money in the world couldn't bring them peace. All the money in the world couldn't make them happy. They're broken. Emotionally, mentally, uh, uh, spiritually broken, right? What you want is the spiritual blessing. If you have spiritual blessing, like, like, like me, <laughs> whatever you have, you're going to be so grateful, right? You're going to be so thankful, right? You're always going to feel like you have extra. You're always going to be able to help and give to others. You could be the wealthiest person in our church and you could always still feel like you don't have enough. You could always still feel like I don't have enough and you wouldn't be able to give. Or you could be like, you know, people who are like, you know, I'm so blessed. So I give this example at EG. But my kids, for a while, for a while, were like riding my back. And I started getting a little bit affected. You know, uh, 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 two of my three kids, sorry, three of my five kids don't have rooms. You know, Avery sleeps on the floor and uh, Aaron and Renee sleep on the sofa bed. And so they're caught. And what's crazy is even one of them who has their own room is like, my room is too small. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and the other three are sleeping on the floor in the living room. And so I, I get it all the time. You know, you know, Dad, um, I don't know what you do, but do more of it so you get more money. <laughs> it doesn't work like that, right? Um, and, I, and I explain to them, I'm missions, I'm in ministry. And, and so I tell them, uh, you know, we don't live in a huge place, but it's really nice. And so I try to explain to them, it's kind of like a Porsche. It's not very big. It's kind of crammed. But it's still really nice. 
Um, and so I, I try to have my kind of grateful attitude and thankfulness kind of influence them instead of their negativity influencing me. So instead of coming home and like, oh, is that what you think? Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, I, you know, oh, what was me? I go like, no, you guys are crazy. Dude, we live in a, like, God has blessed us. Like, we're, we're so blessed. Like, we have everything. Like, you, like, you guys need to be thankful. Don't, you know, it's not big, but it's small. Yeah, for sure. It's a five-seater. But man, it's a really nice five-seater. You have to give thanks for that. We have like a couple swimming pools and like, oh my gosh. And so I, I, I try to impact that um, uh, versus them being able to impact me. Um, and so, so Jacob and Esau here, what, what happens here is um, Isaac now is terrified and trembles. He, doesn't real, he realizes now that he's been kind of duped or, or tricked. And in verse 34 it says, When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, Isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright, now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, Haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Isaac answered, Esau, I have made him lord over you and have made all his relatives his servants and I have sustained him with a grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept out loud. Um, so he does give him a blessing, but it's not, it's not, the, it's not the spiritual and material blessing. It's not the favor the countenance. You know, if you have God's favor, if you wake up every morning knowing that God loves you, if you wake up every morning before you go into work knowing that no matter the challenges and the shortcomings, but you know that God is for you, every hardship, every failure is rerouted, is a possibility for God to do something incredible. Faith in God and belief in God's favor gets us unstuck. Lack of faith in God or despair or lack of hope keeps us stuck. It's like a flat tire or like you hit a pothole and you just, you're mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you're stuck because something, something didn't work out the way you anticipated. And so immediately we fly off thoughts, oh God's not there, God doesn't love me. And that's the worst thing you could do. Yes, it's awful. Yes, it's bad. Yes, it's painful. Yes, it's hurtful. Yes, it's very disappointing. Yes, you feel hurt by others, by God. But in that moment, your recovery time has to be, but God is good. God has a plan. And that, that, that statement right there, that belief is God's favor. God's favor is that He is with you. God's favor is this unrelenting belief that no matter how bad things get around you, that God is still for you. That's favor. Because from that standpoint, from the bottom of the pit, from rock bottom, from what seemingly feels like hell, with that type of faith, you have 101 options. But without that faith or without that favor, you're, you have no options. You're just being dragged by waves in the wind. You know, and then maybe six months later, maybe a year later, you do your quiet time or go to revival and, oh yeah, six months gone down the tube. 
right? Precious time with God. No matter how bad it gets, right? Wake up knowing that God loves you. And then ask yourself, why do I think that God doesn't love me? That's irrational. That's, that's not theological. That's not even truth. That's not the gospel. Why do I wake up or go into something thinking that God's favor is not on me because I did or didn't do or thought or didn't think or said or didn't? When the cross of the universe Jesus died on, like, a, like 10 million nuclear bombs, boom, spiritually, bam, every door opened. Every gate lifted, every veil torn. And God's like, you just need to wake up today knowing that you are my favored son or daughter. Not, not because of your circumstances, but because this, in spite of or despite your circumstances, I'm still here. And I still want to walk with you. Um, and so, uh, yeah, truth. That's, that's the truth of this morning. Um, so they're making a fuss, Isaac and Esau. They're like, like we're gonna, you know, like Jacob is like, if he was a, you know, Isaac was a Korean dad. Like, man, I'm gonna spank the crap out of Isaac. Where is this, you know, kid or or Jake? Or, sorry, Isaac would say this to Jacob. Esau now wants to kill his brother. Oh my gosh! You look through the scriptures, you guys. I, I hope you're encouraged. God works through the most messed up families. I'm not saying it's a criteria. Like, don't go out. Like, I got to mess up my family. And then God will you. Somehow, God, I mean, these guys hate each other. They, Esau now wants to literally kill his brother. There's a vendetta out. He's out to get him. Right? Joseph gets sold into slavery. They, they cannot stand. If there's one thing humans cannot stand. Okay? If there's one thing that will drive you to murder, to deceit, to, to you know, it's this idea that, that mom or dad should love me equally as my brothers. But it's this idea that, that they actually love one more than the other. That'll, that'll, that'll ruin you. <laughs> right? I mean, there's favoritism. It's, it's, just, it's just inevitable. But all throughout scriptures, you want to know where the family problems come? It's because this perception amongst Let's say, let's say we're all one household, the, the Kang household or something, right? And parents. If you guys believe when we have the same mom and dad, that mom and dad favored me and loved me and is going to give me the greater portion, you guys would not like me. <laughs> I mean, it's not nothing that in particular that I did. It's just that I've been given, you know, that, that type of, it hurts. It hurts for me. It hurts for you. Um, it hurts for Esau. It hurts for Joseph's brothers. You know, there's just this brokenness, this lack, this deficiency perceived of of, of value or love. You you serve in church, you know, you, or or you 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 know bless your child, or or you do all this for your husband or your or for your spouse. And the thing that hurts the most is weeks, months even years and there's and, and, and the, the idea that they don't appreciate you that they take you for granted this is this is the knife that cuts and the closer you're devoted and love someone and so all sorts of family dysfunction and brokenness um, but just just as a point here remember remember Esau Esau if you guys so you can blame Jacob you can take sides and like oh Jacob was a deceiver Jacob took advantage of and so why did God bless 
Well, just, just remember this for a second, okay? Before you get into all the nitty-gritty nuts and bolts of family dynamics, before you, you pick sides, right? Just remember this. Esau despised his birthright. Esau saw no value in the things of God. So whatever that stage or season in his life was where God, where it was his and, and it was his to, to live out, he didn't care for it. He, he didn't care about the things of God. He, he was carnal. It's all about flesh. It's all about now. Instant gratification versus trusting God and later God will bless you. So just remember, Esau actually despised the things of God. Jacob was actually able to understand and perceive, oh, the things are the God. The, the things of God are the things that I want to pursue. Now, man, if I have favor, if I have spiritual blessing, and everything else is given. You know, he basically they knew of Matthew, Matthew six thirty three before it was even spoken. Seek first the kingdom of God and, and 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 his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Like Jacob knew the favor of God and, and the truth and, and pursuit of God would lead would would cascade to all other aspects of his life, right? Whereas Esau, he didn't see any value in pursuing that. Um, and uh, I see this all the time, guys. I see it all the time. I have friends I grew up with. I love them to death, still friends. Hate their parents. Uh, wouldn't care if they dropped off a cliff and died, you know? And then as they get older, and then the California real estate and house prices skyrocket up, all of a sudden I see them all together on Christmas, Easter, New Year's, every event. You know what I mean? Like, there's a, like, like first 30 years of your life, they can care. Well-being of anything. But then, but then they realize, oh, you know, in my heart, I like to believe that it's like they're getting older and they care now, but they didn't, they didn't care for these things at all, you know? And, and, then I, and then I see brothers and sisters all popping up and then showing up and providing care. It's just, just the whole inheritance things, nasty, man. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I don't want to have much to do about it. Um, and so later Esau rec- recognizes, oh, oh, you mean there's material blessing that comes with a spiritual blessing? Oh, I want it now. <laughs> and so... Now he's really, really upset. Um, in the same way, you know, and I'll wrap up with this this morning. Don't despise. Don't despise the things of God. Don't, don't minimize. You know, before you know it, you're going to realize, oh man, the things of God and, and the truths and precepts of God are the things I should have lived for my whole life. Right? Only to find out later. You know, and, and for us, Later, when I, it's, it's heaven. Our greatest reward, our infinite reward. Our, our problem often is we cannot imagine. We're too unimaginative. I think that's what faith is. We cannot creatively, 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 creative, creatively, sorry, imagine how immensely and eternally beautiful God and being with Him is. That's our shortcoming. And so it's not so much the love of these things, of the world, it's that we can't see. And so people who have faith have like this, can see things that, that others cannot see. People who have faith are like, oh my gosh, it's like the world is this and that's great. And sure, this guy a little bit more than that guy. And oh, this guy, that. But eternity, it's like, you can't even, I can't even measure it. Like, no way. Like not even like not even a contest, and so um, you know, let let's not despise the things of God. Let's not despise His truth, His precepts. Let's 
let's let's be committed to following his truths, even when uh, uh, those seasons are are challenging. Okay, let's bow our heads. Let me say a quick prayer over you guys, and Janice is going to lead us in a in a in a song. Um, it says in verse 41, Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near, then I will kill my brother Jacob. Whether it's Cain and Abel, whether it's Jacob and Esau, whether it's Joseph and his brothers, whether it's husband and wife, whether it's brother against brother, sister against sister, whether it's God and mankind or Messiah and mankind. Um, that's what Jesus came to do. He came to show that the Father's love is for all. That the Father's grace and redemption is for all. And Jesus came and died on the cross. The favored son. The, the one with the blessing. He took the favor and the blessing and then he laid it all out. Gave it all up. Went to the cross so that his brothers... So that you and I would know that God loves and favors us. He wants you to know this morning that whatever weight or negative thoughts or, you know, uh, 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 the things that have been weighing you down. I just feel like the Lord wants you to know that that's not how he sees you. That might be how other you think others see you. That might be how others see you. That might be how you see yourself. And that's... that's that that's not how he sees you. That the only way your father and the Lord sees you is through the covered blood of Christ, through love, right? His lens is literally tinted with blood. And when he sees you, he sees a precious son and a precious daughter. Yeah, that's my son. That's my daughter. That may, they're, they're worth it. And then God gives us the ministry of reconciliation that we might go and bring peace and reconciliation and healing between others. And so, Lord, we just come before you this morning. We just acknowledge, God, that you are our elder brother, Jesus, Lord, that you are the prince, that you are the one with all the favor and all the blessings and all the birthrights. And yet you took all of that and laid it down for us on the cross. And so we now then do the same thing. We lay down all our privileges, all our birthrights, all our blessings, our, our titles, our education, our social economics, all these things we laid down so that others would know that they are loved by you. And how would they know? How could they hear unless we went and told them and shared with them and loved them? And so thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for this reminder. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.